You're listening to the Moon Griffon Show podcast on KPEL965.com. The Fox Business Report is brought to you by Gulf Coast Bank, your local community bank. Whether your financial needs are for an individual, a business, or for the whole family, Gulf Coast Bank has the knowledge and products to serve you best. With nine convenient locations throughout Acadiana, you're never far from a friendly Gulf Coast Bank associate. I'm Elizabeth McDonald, and this is the Fox Business Report. UBS shares are higher after the big bank revealed that its former CEO, Sergio Aramati, will return in April to guide its acquisition with Credit Suisse. Lululemon Athletica shares are up 1% after an upbeat quarter. Micron Technology reported a large drop in sales in its recent quarter, though it says supply chain issues are improving now and the stock's higher. Macy's CEO, Jeff Gannett, is retiring next February. He's credited with guiding the company through the pandemic. Pandemic. Tony Spring, who runs Bloomingdale's, will take over Macy's. United Health Group says it will be cutting back on the paperwork required to get many medical procedures or tests starting next year. It's one of the biggest complaints from doctors and patients. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola, invested in you. A good work partner knows what you need before you need it. That's how it feels when you work with CentOS. Your dedicated CentOS service reps get to know your business and have the industry knowledge that can help you prepare for what's ahead. They'll deliver your team's workwear freshly laundered. Make sure your first aid and safety supplies, mats, mops, and towels are stocked when you need them. And your fire extinguishers are inspected and in working order. Visit CentOS.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the... News Talk 96.5 KPL Burbridge Lafayette. Broadcasting from the Matthew James Tax and Wealth Management Studios. Online at Matthew-James.com. Expanding the fight against an epidemic. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. An epidemic of opioid drug overdoses. A drug that can reverse those will be more easy to get. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration is now approving a 4-milligram dose of naloxone to be sold over-the-counter at pharmacies with no prescription from a physician needed. In the case of opioid overdose, the inhalable drug is able to bind with and inhibit an opioid such as oxycodone and stop or even reverse overdoses. It is often known by the brand name Narcan. Fox's Evan Brown, there will be another vigil tonight in Nashville at a city park for the six people murdered in a Christian elementary school on Monday. There are now so many signs of love and strength in a place that was filled with absolute fear and terror. People continue to place stuffed animals, flowers, other mementos at the entrance of the school. Fox's C.B. Cotton in Nashville. The two police officers who went in and killed the shooter in that school were given awards for their quick action and bravery. In Huntsville, Alabama, police officers in critical condition condition the day after he and another officer who was killed were ambushed by a gunman now jailed on a murder charge. All of us have rallied around our police and it's amazing the number of emails and texts that we have gotten to show support. It's Huntsville Mayor Tommy Battle. There's another banking hearing about to start. This one in the House. The day after President Biden suggested the crisis is not over yet, though Treasury officials have said the banking system remains sound after two recent bank failures. There's also news out of a Swiss bank feared to be at risk that got a cash infusion from UBS recently. The Senate Finance Committee says a two-year investigation has found that Credit Suisse has been allowing wealthy Americans to dodge tax payments and that more than $700 million was concealed. 
That violates a 2014 plea agreement the bank entered for enabling tax evasion. That's Fox's Tanya J. Powers. America's listening to Fox News. I'd rather ride a bike with my kids than ride in an ambulance. I'd rather have a catch with my dog, Curtis, than catch pneumococcal pneumonia. <coughs> if you're 19 or older with certain chronic conditions like heart disease, asthma, or diabetes, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Learn more at Prevnar20.com. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Your news update brought to you by Home Furniture Plus Bedding. Over 40,000 furniture and mattress choices in stock and ready for delivery. Home Furniture Plus Bedding, welcome home. We've got a quieter round of weather out there today. Still going to see some periods of cloudiness throughout the mid-morning and maybe a few light showers out there as well. Nothing that's going to be too heavy, though. Temperatures are going to stay on the cool side. We'll get to about 67 degrees, I think, for that high today. Winds from the northeast at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. Overnight lows tonight going to be dropping down into the 50s. Now we've got a lot more sunshine on the way for tomorrow. Temperature is going to be sitting in the upper 70s. We've got a fairly nice day for your Thursday. I do think clouds start to return to the forecast, though, on Friday, and they are going to hang around through portions of the weekend. Doesn't necessarily mean we'll see a lot of rainfall over the weekend. A few isolated showers going to be possible, but I do think that we see predominantly cloudy skies. Looks like showers and maybe some thunderstorms returning by Monday. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. The views expressed in the following show are those of the hosts or hosts only. They do not represent News Talk 96.5 KPL or Town Square Media.
Microphone, welcome Microphone Show on the road, testing this. You know what I need you to do? Get me another headset like this, if you don't mind. Uh, if you got one with a, uh, a, a deal. Anyway, Brian said we have a little technical difficulty with me, which is good. The good thing is the guess is microphone is doing really good. So this is the Moon Capone Show, heard around the great state of Louisiana. We are guaranteed broadcast and today we'll be in the uh we try to change up a mic real quick to see if we can get a little better. Deal with might it might be the headset. There you go, brother. Before I get to our guest, my guest probably going, what kind of pain? <laughs> I'll go get along. Hey, uh, while, you're, while you're getting that stuff uh, yeah. organized, uh, I did want to take an opportunity to say congratulations on uh, all that you've built over the years. You know, we're we're, uh, we're a statewide franchise, and I know it's uh, it's not easy to to uh, build that brand. And all right, let me do that. By the way, <laughs> I'm laughing because we we didn't have a start like this in a long time. Brian, I got another headset. I'm gonna try. We're gonna do this live. It is the way it is. Let's see, Brandon, is that any better at all? Brandon, hello. No, no, we can barely hear you just in the background, so just go ahead and turn your uh, mic up a little bit. Let's see. Let me, let me do it. One more test. By the way, Jude Melville, my special guest. Jude, yeah. tell people about you. Well, I appreciate you having me. Like I said earlier, I wanted to take a second to congratulate you on, on building the statewide brand. We're, we're, uh, we're a statewide, in fact, regional brand ourselves. We're a B1 bank, um, community bank uh, all over Louisiana and, and uh, Dallas and Houston as well. We're, we're a relatively young bank, 18 years. Uh, started here in Baton Rouge and then uh, and then have been blessed with growth over time. So um, certainly interesting times to, to be a banker. And, um, Appreciate you being here to talk about it a little bit. First of all, it's awful kind of you. Well, I hope that's better. No, I can read. No, it, it's not better. Um, you sound, it sounds really rough. Okay, Moon, we're going to have to go ahead and um, I'm going to need you to uh, just call through your cell phone or something because we can't we can't continue with it like this until it's fixed. So um, just go ahead and uh, call the station with your cell phone and we'll do the first segment like that. But this sounds really bad. Go ahead and call. We apologize, people, uh, having some technical issues with uh, the equipment uh, and the connection that's happening as Moon is in in uh, Baton Rouge right now uh, doing his show live on location. So uh, we are working on those uh, issues right now, but uh, waiting for Moon to go ahead and uh, reconnect with us. Uh, we'll get him on the air and then uh, go back to the equipment issues and looking to fix those in uh, just a second. We do uh, thank you for listening to the Moon Graffon Show. He's got some uh, good guests lined up for today. Let's get him on right now. All right, I have Moon, no you there? idea. Hey, you there? Brandon. Yeah, you're on the air. Go ahead, yeah, I'm Moon. here. All right. I'm on. Okay. Anyway, we got this. How y'all all? It may feel it sound a little bit rough. Let's start all this over. This is the Moon Graffon Show. Trying to make some changes. I don't understand what happened with the technical part of it. My guest is uh, Mr. Jude Melville. He's the CEO of B1 Bank. They've been around for a while. Jude, I'll let you back up a little second. Okay. And I want to get to what's going on in the banking business because everybody looked at you know, what happened in California. One of the reasons I wanted you on, and I do appreciate you taking the time, it's, it's real simple. People are reading about bank failures. And today on Breitbart, I was reading 200 more banks to fail. One of the reasons I wanted you on was to talk about the small banks and the banks in Louisiana and how those banks really have nothing to do with what we've seen out in public with the bank that happened in, the, you know, the failure in San Francisco and California. And give people some assurance that, that's not who we are right here in the state of Louisiana. 
Sure. Um, and, and as we mentioned earlier, it's won't be hard to do because it's, it's, it's a different story here. And, you know, the longer we get from the date of the actual beginning of the, of the, the crisis, the more I kind of changed my mind about who's most to blame for it. But I've kind of come to the conclusion that the 24-hour news cycle is, uh, holds an awful lot of the blame for it. And, and the uh, social media, the Twitter world, uh, bad news spreads quickly. And, and uh, bad news is often not true news. Uh, if you look at uh, the banks that failed, the banks that failed, uh, they were very different from Louisiana community banks in a couple ways. Uh, one is that uh, they had very unique business models, very concentrated. They had very uh, a very select group of clients. So banks are intended to be a representative of the communities they're a part of. Uh, they kind of define their community in a very specific way. So, uh, when they were over concentrated, I haven't talked to one 
that experienced uh, any kind of crisis in terms of the actual running of the bank, right? There's a crisis in the air nationally, um, and there's a crisis in Congress to talk talking about what they're going to do. But there's not a crisis in, 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 in actual real-life community banks in Louisiana. We've had an inflow in deposits, and we're not, we're not unusual in that regard. Well, no, I remember uh, been doing this for a while. I've been doing this for 30 years, and I've seen the growth of small banks. You know, there was a time when they said small banks are going to be taken over by the big banks, and it did happen somewhat. It was big banks were buying out, and community people like yourself uh, uh, and other people, Rusty Kuche was a guy that I, I, I know you know Rusty, but people like that all over the state. I remember I was in Monroe, and I did Washington Independent Bank jumped up. And what really happened was we had a big run on small banks and, and, and investors, and people said, oh, look, I'm going to invest in my community. We think we can do as good a job as anybody. And then, boom, all over the country, especially down here in Louisiana and the South, these small banks popped up, small banks grow. That's what you guys are doing. Yeah, we were a startup uh, only 18 years ago, which sounds like a long time in some lives, but in banking terms, it's it's um, it's kind of brand new. I still feel like we're on folding tables and... <laughs> RV. Billy T is a fully certified Onan Generator Service Center serving all of Louisiana. Fast service that's done right the first time. Parts, sales, and custom installation. If you own an RV and want the best an Onan RV generator installed, you gotta go to Premier RV. Billy T's techs have decades of Onan Generator experience and nobody in Louisiana has more. Sometimes your camping adventures take you way out in the woods. Or maybe you're tailgating, and the only way to get power is an Onan generator installed correctly from Billy Thibodeau's Premier RV. Take it from me, Moon Graffon. I trust the folks at Premier RV, and so can you. From anywhere in Louisiana, you can call them, 337-233-7494. That's 337-233-7494. Or online at BillyT.com. That's BillyT.com. Folks, if you get a chance to be in Shreveport or Baton Rouge, New Orleans, you know, and you haven't checked out Superior Grill and you like good Mexican food, please go to Superior Grill. Go check them out. You're going to enjoy Everybody that I've sent there have really enjoyed the great taste of Superior Grill. They love the food. It's a big menu. It's a lot of different things you can pull out from the enchiladas to the fajitas to the tacos to the quesadillas to the steak to the hamburgers. They do it all at Superior Grill and that salsa and that queso is all so good. All you got to do is find a way to, to Shreveport, New Orleans, or Baton Rouge and get the great taste of Superior Grill. But, hey, if you're home and you're in, the, in those areas and you want to cater and, and, and people like that, they cater. They can handle big groups. I've been there with many big groups and had a great, great time. They'll accommodate you. They'll accommodate you the best they can. You can pick up food to go as usual. Line Avenue in Shreveport, Government Street and Holland Road in Baton Rouge and St. Charles Avenue in New Orleans. Superior Grill. It's great. And next year, we're going to have one right here in Lafayette. So, Hey, check them out. If you're headed that way, make darn sure you go check out the great taste of Superior Grill. 
The Caring and Friendly. Welcome back. Moon Show on the road at Guarantee Broadcasting right here in uh, Great Baton Rouge, actually my home area, uh, Plagman, Baton Rouge area. And, uh, we'll be here until 11 o'clock today uh, live on the program. Uh, Jude Melman, Melville, I'm sorry. Uh, he is a CEO of B1 Bank. He's been with the Bank Association, Lobby, and he's done a lot of stuff. And uh, Jude, you were getting ready to talk about the small bank and really here in Louisiana. What were you getting ready to say? Well, let me clarify first, you know, when you when you hear national pundits and you hear Congress and, and, and hearings, um, they're not, when they say small bank, they don't mean us. <laughs> um, no, they're talking about the 100 million, 150 million, uh, billion, sorry, bank, um, which are not small compared to most banks. There are 4,200 banks in, in the country, and um, we're size, we're number 250 size-wise. We're only six uh, six billion in assets, which means that four 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 thousand of the forty two hundred banks are smaller than they are talking about when they say small. So it's a whole another category, it's like micro. And I think, and that's especially important when you think about the outside influence that those micro banks have. Um, most people don't realize that in in the real world and in, in local communities. Uh, 70% of all commercial real estate financing happens through these micro banks, us. Uh, 60% of all small business loans, 80% of all ag loans. So, you know, we've got these huge banks that the government is there to, to help backstop. And, you know, they're happy to, to take your deposit, but they're not actually making loans in our communities. Those are small, small banks like us. Uh, the average bank in Louisiana is probably $250, $300 million, um, which isn't even a blip on the radar for these big, big conversations. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not critical. But, but would you agree with me when, when the average person like me, because I don't know the banking business like you, when we look at it, we see something happen at a bank, you think, oh, my God, oh, my bank's okay. And that, that, so it is a reaction to people. And I'm trying to, what I'm getting with you is everybody needs to calm down. We're, we're talking about something totally different at this point. And the only way a small bank could really be hurt, if, tell me if I'm wrong, if you would, somebody would go have a big run on it, which is not necessary. It's kind of like, why do we have to buy all that toilet paper? <laughs> and you go to the store and you say, I'm running out of toilet paper. You go buy it, you go, what? Is there no toilet paper now? And, and what I think we ought to focus on is how important it is that that not happen. Because it's not just the community banks that, that would be threatened, it's the communities. You know, when you think about the, the activity of a community bank in a community and how important that is. You know, we have, uh, we have two branches in Rayville, Louisiana, and we're making loans in Rayville, and we're, we're donating to local causes. Uh, what happens to Rayville if we go away? You know, it's not a... It's not a, a and for people that don't know Rayville, it's, it's a... It's, community banks, it's a threat to communities. Yeah, Rayville is a little small community place, about 20 miles out of Monroe. Very familiar with it. Great little place. Good, good people, farmers, everybody in and out of there. So, uh, no, that, that's, that's why I wanted you to ensure people that when we talk about the small banks and Louisiana banks, 
everybody's solvent right now. Nobody needs to jump up and down and trip out at all. And loans and everything else is pretty good. And, and here's another thing for you, Moon. Uh, you know, you, you hear about banks uh, have so many losses in their investment portfolio that they had to take them. They would be um, bankrupt, right? There's not a single bank in Louisiana, to my knowledge, that has um, enough losses in its own portfolio um, to eat up its equity if they had to recognize all those losses tomorrow. And they're not going to have to recognize those losses tomorrow. As long as we don't do what you're talking about, which is allow a national use of this word crisis to infiltrate um, through national treasure, which is community, community banking. Well, I just think it's important to keep bringing guys like you and ladies like you on, and I'm going to continue to do it. And I'm doing it for one reason. It's to protect our state, protect the banks, protect the people that loan, and to protect the state of Louisiana and everybody else. This is a good thing you guys are doing. You need to be out there in front till day. Am I chill? We good. Don't worry about that because that's not us today. Absolutely. Well, appreciate it. It's, uh, uh, it's hard to get mixed up in that national conversation. Sometimes I think we ought to have a different name. Right? It's really a different industry, and it's really a different risk, different uh, management choices that are being made. Yes, sir. Uh, community banks are here for the long run, we think, in 100-year terms. We're not thinking about the next quarter. And look, I'm publicly traded, so I, I understand those pressures. Um, but sometimes as a management team, you just have to say, this is what we're doing because it's the right thing to do, and community bankers are good at that. Well, I tell you, I'm, I'm, once again, uh, you know, I get beat up a lot of time. Well, eh, you're negative. I'm not negative. You know, it's fun. I'm not negative on my body, my life, and great but this is the type of things we can do to spread all over the state to let people know that if everybody would just chill out, it's okay. We're going to get through this. We're America. If anybody can get through it, we can. But the small local community bank in Louisiana, I'll say it again, is safe and good to invest and safe to borrow from. Thank you, sir. I was worried you were going to bring me on here to talk about politics. <laughs> well, you know, you, you get you're lucky. I don't I don't have enough microphones because of my little technical problems, so I can't get into all the politics of, uh, from governor to the president. So you're good. I wouldn't do that to you. But uh, anyway, listen, I do appreciate you. God bless. Hey, we're gonna do it again soon. I mean, that's it. Yeah. All right, we gotta take a break for the Moon Graphone Show. Hopefully, right after this. about how you spend your money in retirement what comes to mind probably travel sunny beaches and spoiling your grandchildren but a recent survey found that over 30 percent of every dollar a retiree spends goes to taxes baby boomers were told for years to save money in their iras and 401ks and pay taxes later well now that day has arrived and boomers are shocked to see a third of their money going back to uncle sam john blanchett and the matthew james financial group can help what if you could 
protect all most of your retirement wealth from future tax rate increases. Achieve a zero or near zero effective tax rate for most of your retirement years. Find out more. 337-366-8366. Isn't it time you got a second opinion on your wealth and retirement outlook? Learn how you could potentially kick the IRS out of your IRA. 337-366-8366 and online at Matthew-James.com. You know that Acadiana Security Plus is the best local choice for commercial security. But did you also know they are ranked nationally as a top 100 integrator? Acadiana Security Plus is your one-step technology partner, offering integrated intrusion and access control, state-of-the-art cameras with video verification, and mass notification. Their app gives you control from anywhere, so your business is always safe and secure. Call Acadiana Security Plus today at 839-1880. That's 839-1880. Or visit GetASPNow.com. Hey, folks, don't do pain, do you? What am I talking about? The joint chiropractic. It's unlike anything you've experienced. No appointments are necessary. Just walk in. Open evenings and weekends. No insurance hassles, just affordable chiropractic care. Right now, you can take advantage of their new patient special for only $29, which includes consultation, exam, and adjustment. That's a $45 value. Find location to you by visiting thejoint.com. That's thejoint.com. Hi. This hour of the Moon Graffon Show is brought to you by Matthew James Tax and Wealth Management. Online at MatthewJames.com. Welcome back, Moon Graffon Show. All right, we got everything set and straight, uh, and we want to thank uh, the engineer. Uh, here for coming in, and uh, apparently, let me blame the person that's responsible for the problem, me. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I hit a button, but you know, every time you make a mistake, if you learn from it, you don't have the problem again. So probably, hopefully, I'm, I learn from it because when it I comes mean, to technical, I got a wife and I got kids that are younger than me. It's not a problem at all. I mean, Moon, we still can't fix the sound that's coming out of the microphone, but at least the microphone is not the problem anymore. No, no. Well, the, pro- the problem on person, my show will always be me, Brandon. So you don't even have to, you don't have to worry about asking what the problem is. The problem with the Moon Griffon show is the guy that hosts it. <laughs> Other than that, it's perfect, man. Anyway, I appreciate the, the Mr. Engineer coming in here and, and flicking a button. Thank you, sir. Let, yeah, no doubt about it. Liz Merrill joins us. Liz is the Solicitor General here, but Liz is running for Attorney General, and uh, everybody looks at Liz. This is all I hear. Liz is the front runner, but you can't run as a front runner. You got to run as a person that hey, you ten points behind. But first of all, good morning. Good to see you again, as always. Good morning. It's always good to be here. You uh, uh, let's talk a little bit of it because I got some issues to really talk to you about. But I do want to mention the campaign. How's the campaign going? We've had a, one of the other candidates on. One of them, I don't think, is coming, but I hope he does. And uh, but but you have come, and I appreciate that. So tell us a little bit about the campaign. How you think it's coming and. Uh, the campaign has been great. I, you know, it's just been, it's been great to kind of continue to circle the state and talk to people here and in in different towns around the state and and see what they care about. And uh, I think the enthusiasm for the work that we do in the attorney general's office and just being able to kind of tell them everything that we do. Most people really don't know what the attorney general does. And, and so we get the opportunity to educate a little bit, and I can tell people about all of what we do to protect their interests, not just what I do uh, in, in the job that I have now, 
and I think they like hearing about that too. You know, they like hearing about the cases that we are um, that we are handling. They like knowing that we are fighting the federal government to protect our state's interests and our ability to govern ourselves, which which I think you know really protects our um, our republic. So people like hearing about that. No, I, I was going to mention that real quick because uh, uh, Jeff's attorney general, you just solicited a general, but. I think it's been good that y'all been involved trying to fight the federal government overreach. And uh, I don't care if anybody said it. If somebody's in the race talking about, well, I ain't worried about all the federal government stuff, you better be. That's part of what y'all do. That's right. a big part of what y'all do. Huge part of what we do. And and we're really, you know, the best place to do it. And, and I think I'm, I am looking forward to uh, a time when we're going to have a governor that we can work with more closely. I think that um, that having the cooperation of the executive branch with the attorney general's office is an important um, move step forward for us and uh, to be able to kind of protect the state's interest in um, as a whole. But if you just look at some of the energy policy that that the administration has and what what a devastating effect it would have on our economy, you can't afford to ignore what the federal government is doing to us. That is, it's like they're trying to take the oil and gas industry out. They're trying to take the chemical plants out. I mean, what's what's next? Uh, I, I noticed the other day I was reading some government levy districts joining the Louisiana Attorney General to sue FEMA over risk rating. Okay, talk about it, why this is an important case. What is risk rating? So, Talk a bit about that and why is this an important case? So risk 2.0, um, and the, 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 this administration has renamed it Equity in Action. They've given it a title. It's the FEMA National Flood Insurance Program. And they've given it a new title of, of risk 2.0, Equity in Action. I call it Inequity in Action yeah. because it actually has the exact opposite effect of, um, of, of helping people. It is uh, Sound it like is, government work. It's, look, I've never, you know, there are many, many government programs that are bad programs. This is one of the worst. And um, what they're doing now is they are, they've redrawn a lot of the um, terms and conditions of the program. And so if you had flood insurance that cost you, say, $600 a year for national flood insurance, and these are in Louisiana relatively small um homes they're not you know they're people they're work people who are living on a working coast um they're people who live n maybe in river areas where you where you're near a levee um but let's say you're paying six hundred dollars a year the way they're rejiggering this program you're going to end up paying more than double that um and so they're jacking up the rates and they are taking out policies that used to be grandfathered in so now your rates are gonna gonna start jumping up um, they're getting rid of a mitigation discount, and I think to really add insult to injury, they didn't count all of the local flood protection assets that we've put in place over the years. So if you've got local and state flood protection mm -hmm. projects that we've all invested in um, to build, local levies, any, anything else, floodgates, the Morganza to the Gulf program, uh, plan, all not counted. So they, they're, wow. you know, they've got actuaries and they've got eggheads in Washington who are building this program and they are trying to evaluate how they're going to put, create the baseline calculations for what our, these risk, um, what the rates are for your insurance. And so you go in and you calculate what, but, but it, it's the, it's the secret sauce that we really need to know the answers yeah. to. Yeah. We need to know how they built it and what information they put in to come up with these crazy calculations. And we know a couple of things. 
We know they aren't taking into account local and state flood assets. If it's not a federally certified levy or a federally certified project, it's not taken into account in their calculations. So we've got a lot of risk protection that we've invested in um, guarding for risk and investing to protect you and to to lower your risk. Mm -hmm. And it's just not being counted now. And so you're going to basically get a double whammy. Okay, then why is the federal government trying to do this? They've got, in other words, I think they've got to have this is why we're doing this. And if they're doing it for a certain reason, are they not counting the consequences that could happen because of what they're doing? They're saying, here's what we're doing. And they really don't give a rat's rear about what happens to the people. I'm just curious. I think that's right. So, yes. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't just go start one day researching Risk 2.0. I mean, we've been – it was the levy boards um, specifically uh, – Dwayne Bourgeois and Corey Leaf have been super engaged on this for over a year. Our congressional delegation, all of them have been engaged with FEMA trying to get the information that they're using. I, you know, if you talk, I've been going around and talking to a lot of people about it, trying to gather information. And the general consensus is the federal government really doesn't, they, their objective is to drive people out of these communities. They don't want them to stay there. And and so if they can make it too expensive for you to live there, then you're going to have to move. But, you know, it so affects. In other words, they don't, they don't really. <laughs> it sounds like a Green New Deal. They don't want anybody no. to live on the coast. They just made it saying right. move. Well, it's, we don't know, want to deal certainly with this it's anymore. cheaper for them, I guess. In their mind, it's cheaper for us if we just try and get everybody to move. Um, that is not realistic. And it's not only not realistic, it's not what the program was ever designed to be. That program is designed to provide a mechanism for people to be able to buy, yeah. buy affordable flood insurance when they cannot buy it on the private market. And Congress said, try to make it actuarially sound if you can, but the priority is to make it affordable and accessible. They have flipped that dynamic entirely, and you know wow. they won't answer any questions, wow. so they won't tell us what they used on the inputs. Okay. The purpose of the lawsuit is to get information from them and, and how they're coming up with these decisions. Because, once again, they have a purpose. Tell me specifically the purpose of the lawsuit, what you're all trying to get them to do. So the, the purpose of the lawsuit would also be to freeze the premiums and, or okay. either freeze them where they are now or potentially revert back to the prior program, depending on what kind of relief we could, we could get. Um, but either of those would actually be better alternatives than what they're doing, which is going to be to increase rates 18% every year. So, that and, would run everybody out because I don't know if, I mean, 10% of the people that could afford that. Well, and if you no, think we, about we saw, somebody who's got people, a mortgage. Liz, let me ask you a question. Anybody that lives down there, they're not all of a sudden wealthy because you live on by the coast. No. You know, and there's people that live on the coast that they get by every day just like an average citizen. And, and just I want, to, I want you to think about the consequences of it because it affects so many other programs because we've had hurricanes here where we've, we've handed out a lot of hazard mitigation money to help people elevate their homes and flood-proof their homes. That's federal money, but we, we administer it through the state. We make people sign a contract. Remember the, all of the, 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 the just angst and frustration over recovering money from road home participants who are hazard mitigation. People had received hazard mitigation money and they used it to fix their homes instead of elevate their homes. And because the federal government required us to do that, we had to go after some of those people to recover that money. They were very angry. And, and so we just settled that from Hurricane Katrina.
2005, by the way, folks. Right. So <laughs> the hazard mitigation program requires you to, if you receive money, and it's not just hazard mitigation that requires this. SBAs, if you've got an SBA loan, it requires that you maintain flood insurance. If you've got hazard mitigation money, you have to keep flood insurance. If you have a mortgage or a federally backed mortgage, you have to have flood insurance. So people are locked contractually into an obligation to maintain their flood insurance. And now the federal government has completely pulled the rug out from under them and is going to jack up the prices. It can put you upside down in your mortgage. It is preventing development on the coast. So we can, and it doesn't just affect the coast. It's a top to bottom program because it also affects areas that where you get river, potential river flooding. I mean, that affects everything because the Red River comes down, you got the, Washtenaw River comes down. You got the Mississippi River. I mean, we there's rivers everywhere. Let me take a break. Her name is uh, Liz Morell. She is the Solicitor General for the Attorney General's Office, and she's running for Attorney General. We'll come back and wrap up with her. Conventions of the states. We've got a gentleman coming in here. Ten oh six. Scott McKay is going to join. He wrote a big piece on the Mississippi River Bridge, which I thought was hilarious. Anyway, we'll talk about all that as the program unfolds. You're listening to the Moon Graffon Show. This is Moon Graffon. You know, when I'm going to go saltwater fishing, I call Captain Norman at A-Spec Charters. Captain Norman at A-Spec Charters is going to put you on the fish. Whether it be speckled trout or redfish, call Captain Norman now. 337-884-0658. 337-884-0658. It's called aspeccharters.com. Call Captain Norman. I just gave you a cell number. He wants to take you fishing. He wants you to have a good time. And you catch fish with Captain Norman. A-Spec Charters, Captain Norman, 337-884-0658. Folks, you've been hearing me brag about my good friends at SiriusUSA.com, Sirius Power Generation. Folks, right now, we have Cummins generators in stock from 17 up to 50 kilowatts. We can install or sell them to do it yourselves right now. All you got to do is check us out at SiriusUSA.com, SiriusUSA.com. You want a generator? You want to be serviced? You want a service contract? You need one? SiriusUSA.com. Check out Peter Verdreen and the gang. They want to service you. They're ready to put you in a real good generator. From the humbling beginning, Dino Hardwoods has strived to provide superior service and quality products for their customers. Hey, I know Charles Altman. He does a great job. If you're looking for lumber, Dino Hardwoods stocks a large selection of domestic and import hardwood lumber in Cypress. You ought to see their stuff. Exotic lumber, they got that as well. Trust in Dino Hardwoods. When it comes to your exotic lumber needs right now, molding, plywood, paint, and L products, they are ready for you. they got three great locations. The corporate office is right here in Broussard, Louisiana. There's an office in Shreveport on 2801 Valley View Drive and one in Tyler, Texas, 12492 Highway 155 North. Hey, if you're looking for something different and something new and somebody who will service you, it's Dino Hardwoods. I'm telling you, don't forget Dino Hardwoods. DinoHardwoods.com, DinoHardwoods.com, great locations. They can service you. They can deliver. DinoHardwoods.com. Check out this great Louisiana company. John Wayne Prager.
welcome back, Moon Grapon Show. I started to get up and ask Liz if she wants to dance. The music plays so long. Uh, by the way, we were just having a little bit of fun in here, and it was the it, it kind of went around the room without mentioning all the players in there. Five man stories. I loved it. I could have just stayed here and did five man stories all week. Brian smiled. <laughs> See, Brian looks like he's on the mic with us, but he ain't. So this is really cool. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, Liz Morrell, my special guest, having fun with uh, with Liz uh, a little bit on some stuff on the side. So, so Liz, uh, on a on a lawsuit like this, and and and, I, and people may not agree, but I agree 100 percent that y'all involved with the, with the, against the federal government. But on a lawsuit like this, it looks like to me the lawsuit Jeff and y'all are involved in. It's really to protect the people in Louisiana. It's fighting for the little guy with a mortgage on the coast. Tell me, I'm, tell me I'm right or am I wrong? Oh, no, no, that's right. I mean, it's, you know, it affects every, every homeowner. It affects everybody in the community. I mean, it's a very, it's a very personal. Uh, this is very personal for people. And I think that that's why we have seen such a dramatic level of response. When I go, when I'm talking to people, it's spreading you know, like wildfire. So, I mean, I get my phone's been um, burning up because of people yeah. who, not just people, individuals, but communities, um, councils, city councils, parish councils that are just at their wits end and there's nothing else they can do at this point to protect their people. Well, when I say y'all fighting for everybody, I've read the horror stories of people losing their homes. I'm reading a horror story. You know, we got this out migration problem right now because of jobs. Yep. But I'm hearing people are picking up and they, they're comparing us to Texas. And they're looking at their houses, homes and going, I'm going to have to pay higher property taxes. But when you figure in flood insurance and the, and the, and the amount that's coming in this and what it costs to rebuild and what's going to come out of my pocket, I may be better off moving to another state. So you got young you know. And Liz, I don't know your age and don't tell me. But <laughs> back when we came out of college, you didn't go buy a house. You, you win Miller Life. Maybe it was you, maybe it was you and a spouse, but you win, you win Miller Life. And then you know, a couple, three years up the road, you bought that house. Maybe five years, but two or three years. And, and today, kids want it all today. So when they get out, if they get a good job, they want to be able to buy a house. But they at least got to rent a house or rent an apartment. But you start throwing in these high insurance bills. All of a sudden, it's not affordable. I mean, let's be honest with you. Yeah, they jacked right. the price of a vehicle now so high, and the interest rates started going up. You start looking around. You got student debt. I mean, you, you start looking around and say, my God, I got a decent job, and I can't afford this anymore. Yeah, I may have and to they go acquire look a lot else. of debt. Like, you you know, so I think they've, they've pressed, pushed out car loans. You know, if you remember, we would buy cars and maybe finance them for four years. Yeah, right? Three or four years. Three or four years, and now it's six years, and you know I haven't just, never done that. <laughs> I, I haven't either, but I but it, but I just saw something on on the news recently about how they were pressing it out even further than five. I mean, they had already gone to sixty. Now I think it's seventy two. It is, and and so you're paying interest that entire time, and you're and it's on a depreciating asset. So your house maybe a, a you know you think of it as an appreciating asset if you're in a neighborhood where values hold then you're at least holding under this flood insurance program they're actually decreasing the value of your home because now you're in a zone that you can't buy affordable insurance and the government won't provide the nfip option at an affordable place so now it's affecting your property values that's going to affect tax values for the community for the for the whole town or city or parish um, you can't sell your home if, if they have 
flipped you in yep. your more if you have a mortgage and they Flip. flipped you yep. in your mortgage and then on top of that the bank has an obligation if you have a mortgage then you or you're in a federally backed mortgage then the bank has the obligation to force place that insurance on your top of you so you're going to get a bill you can't just choose not to participate unless you never got a penny from any government program because if you were an SBA loan recipient, if you're a hazard mitigation person, if you participated in the hazard mitigation program, if you have a mortgage, if you want to buy a house and, and have a mortgage, all of these things are going to require you to have flood insurance. So, you know, it, it does affect your property value and it affects you right now and your ability to pay your mortgage. So it can actually force people okay, into foreclosure. Let me, let me ask this question. Is, is, it, is it just our state that's battling this? No. And the reason I ask that is because it probably helps to have other states involved in this. Than it does. Just, just us. We're, it's not just us, but it is a, a, a relative. It's not around everybody the in the, the sense course. that. Coastal communities okay. are affected by it a lot. I think if you look at who the, the historically who the biggest participants in, in NFIP are, Louisiana is the most. So we had half a million people a couple of years ago participating in the NFIP program, but we've got four and a half million people who live in our state. And, and so if you look at that per capita, um, half a million of those people are, and that, and you know, kids. Obviously, I mean, you're talking about if you look at the world of people who need to participate, it, it's it's homeowners and businesses. Um, South Carolina is a big participant. Florida, uh, Florida is hit what by about this Alabama, pretty hard. Mississippi, and Texas. Just Alabama, Mississippi, are. and and you know, some of these areas, Missouri, anybody that's got a big river. So the Ohio River yeah, had that, a lot that, of flooding. That, that, the Missouri River people, the, yeah. the, and the um, Mississippi River has had a lot of flooding. So those areas are affected by it. New Jersey and New York are really affected by it, and they've been very. But are they in the suit? Um, well, we haven't filed the suit okay, yet. Okay. I mean, we're we are. But we are whatever you filed, are they anybody participating together. with y'all right now? What y'all have done? Are y'all all along? We are. We are in discussions. We are reaching out to especially levy districts because they've been really leading this this charge. Um, with Mississippi and Texas. I just think it helps to have... And New Jersey and New York. I think it helps to have another four or five states and say, hey, guys, look at look at what okay. we're going through. I don't want to see people lose their homes. Yeah. And that, I know what y'all are fighting for. Y'all are actually fighting for people's homes right. and businesses yeah. so they can stay online and, and make a living and the government don't have to worry about them. Uh, people say, well, move away from the coast. I've heard people say that. I said, some of these people's livelihood is around the coast and that's all they know. That's not a cut. That's a fact. That's all they know. You're just going to run them out? Well, and you think about, like, our coast is a working coast. We working have ports. Correct. Our ports are huge, you know, very, very important um, nationally. And to the, the country. Yeah. yeah, to the country and the world. Um, if you look at other coastal communities, Los Angeles is a coastal community. Miami is a coastal community. It's not like you can just tell everybody to leave. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think that that is um, – that is the thought process of somebody who lives in a room that and then never gets out of the room and doesn't really understand what these community yeah what it's like to live on a community real quick how can people get in touch with you if they want to be involved in your campaign liz at liz for the number number four la.com is um my website www.liz at liz for louisiana.com always good to have you on the program we're we're looking forward to seeing you again because there's a lot of issues to discuss yeah glad to be here thank you liz god bless all right we got to take a break folks more to move on show convention of the states when we get back you're listening to the moon performance show
Get Politically Incorrect with me, Todd Starnes, every Saturday night from 9 to midnight on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. News Talk 96.5 KPEL, Brobridge, Lafayette, a Town Square media station broadcasting from the Matthew James Financial Studio. Over the counter to the rescue. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. The FDA has approved a drug, commonly known as Narcan, to be sold without a prescription. A drug that can stop or even reverse a drug overdose. Public health experts say it is a vital tool in curbing deaths due to overdoses, which have been rising to great numbers. The FDA says it might still be some time before manufacturers can get the product to stores. That's Fox's Evan Brown. Now to another health risk, a spike in cases of strep. With many patients exhibiting mild or atypical symptoms that make the infection hard to identify at rates higher than before the pandemic. The CDC says at least five pediatric deaths have been confirmed so far this year in Illinois. Doctors say it's important to make sure kids have their chicken pox and flu shots because those that don't are more likely to have an invasive strep infection that could be deadly. Fox's Gianna Gelosi, now to Nashville. Fox to C.B. Cotton's outside the Christian Elementary School where a makeshift memorial grows two days after a shooting that left three students and three adults dead. A citywide vigil is being held tonight and we're told by those who've organized a general fund for the victims that donations continue to pour in. Community members and teachers have a lot of questions. Um, you know, how to, ex how to explain to an eight-year-old or seven-year-old, you know, that this is going on in our world. So um, it's just, it's really hard. Russia is going to stop informing the U.S. about nuclear tests. The U.S. already said it was to do the same. A senior Russian government official is quoted as saying all information exchanges about missile launches have been halted. This after Moscow previously suspended its role in the last remaining nuclear arms treaty with the United States. That's Fox's Jonathan Savage. Ukraine's president has invited China's leader to visit his country. A week after Xi Jinping visited Russia in what was considered a show of support for Vladimir Putin, whose Ukrainian invasion is in its 14th month. America's listening to Fox News. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. I'm asking about Prevnar 20 because there's a chance pneumococcal pneumonia could put me in the hospital. Age 65 or older, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I want to be able to keep my plans. So I'm asking my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar. We've got a much cooler day coming up across Acadiana. Going to be a little bit below average and well below where we've been sitting over the last couple of weeks. We'll only get into the upper 60s for those highs today. Winds coming from the northeast at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. Overnight lows tonight, they're going to be getting down into the 50s once again. We'll have periods of cloudiness out there today. Maybe a few light showers across western portions of Acadiana, but most going to be staying quiet. We're quiet and a little bit sunnier and much warmer coming up for tomorrow. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. The views expressed in the following show are those of the hosts or hosts only. They do not represent News Talk 96.5 KPL or Townsquare Media. <laughs>
good thing about my life. I get to laugh at my own life. And I get to watch the people in the room laughing at my own life. That's kind of cool. Anyway, welcome back. Moon Graffon Show, 844-766-6607. Matthew James, Tax and Wealth hotline, uh, Management Hotline, if you'd like to be part of the program. Uh, we're going to jump gears again on a very serious topic. Uh, i got Mr. Dale Clary joining us, Convention of the States. First of all, Dale, good to see you, man. Thank you for having me, Moon, and welcome to Baton Rouge. Glad to have you here. Oh, man, glad to be back. It's, uh, it's funny. This is really home for so long for me as well. I was born and raised right here in Plaquemine and Baton Rouge, and uh, all my family and friends and all that are, are, are tuning back in with us, and I'm, I'm, I'm really tickled to have Guarantee 107.3 FM. And by the way, are we on uh, Facebook today? Oh, yeah, she got, my, she got my face and your face on Facebook, <laughs> so you can check them out on Guarantee Broadcast, and I think there's Slash or whatever Facebook, and you can pick it up. And we're on there. You can see how cute I look. I'm the good-looking one. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, wait. Let's check Dale, that. Don't, don't, Dale, trust me. <laughs> that when they hear me, they know that I'm not the good-looking one. Uh, all right, Dale, let's uh, first talk about the Convention of States. What is this? What's the movement? Right. So people can, can catch up to date if they don't already know. Convention of States is a project to reel in, reel in a runaway federal government. We have a federal government that wants to intervene and, and interfere with every aspect of our lives, and that's not the way the Constitution was written, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. So the Convention of States project is using the Article 5 amendment process of the Constitution to allow the states to force a call for a convention to propose amendments to reel in that runaway federal government. Article 5 of the Constitution is the amendments constitution. It has two ways to amend the Constitution. One is the one the way we've done 27 amendments so far. That is, Congress proposed, two-thirds of Congress proposes amendments, it goes to the states for ratification. If it gets ratified, then that amendment becomes part of the Constitution. This is the second way. Okay. It's never been done. And it's being done now, and we're well on our way. Uh, the second way... Yes, I'm taking it this is the better way, too. Well, it's because the states are in control. Congress can't stop it. I love that the already. can't stop it. The president can't stop it. It was specifically put in the Constitution on the last day of 1787's convention, uh, constitutional convention for the very reason that we have now. We've got this huge federal overreach by a federal oh, government that wants to do everything. They want, to, they want to tell us what marriage is. They want to tell us what our health care is. They want to tell us uh, 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 anything about, and everything about whatever it is that they, well, what, you, what you, you were talking about with Liz mention, earlier. You mentioned global warming because they want to tell you that that's real and, right. that, that, and it's weather. Right. It's weather that's been here all the time, but, but, right. I, but I get the drift. Yeah, so, so what we're trying to do then is call a convention for proposing amendments. Um, we've got 19 states have already passed the uh, Convention of States resolution. And what it's trying to do is three things. Uh, is Louisiana passed it? Louisiana passed it in 2016, one okay. of the first ones, and I'll get to that in just a minute. We've, we've done another thing beyond that, too. Um, the resolution from Convention of States does three things. Number one, it's to propose amendments for fiscal restraint. That is, spend some sort of spending limit on what Congress can, can do. Number two, term limits for members of Congress. And for other federal officials, think judiciary. Yeah. That's a prospect that we Please. haven't talked about. Uh, or number three, generally lower the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. Now, there you're getting into some legal stuff like Commerce Clause, General Welfare Clause, things of the Constitution, which have been abused by, honestly, by the Supreme Court. That have used that to expand the federal power way beyond what the Constitution ever intended. No, no doubt. No doubt. So we, uh, Louisiana passed the resolution in 2016. Um, have and, all the southern states passed? Well, it's, it's not just the southern states. We've got 19 states so far. 
we've got a lot of southern states, a lot of Midwest states. Uh, in yeah, fact, yeah, um, I'm glad to know you have that. You I have got the map, there. yeah, and I'm, I'm glad to leave a party favor with you. Alaska also uh, has passed it, but it was active in 20 states, other 20 other states this year. It has not passed anywhere yet this year. It did come within one vote in Montana. It was a tie vote just a few few weeks ago, and they just needed one more vote, and they didn't get it. So they'll be back so How many Montana. total states you need? You need 34 states, two-thirds of the states no, in order got, to force the now I'm just looking at the, the map you gave me. It looks like I'm just guessing because you don't have the exact number, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight, maybe nine states or have legislation to pass it now. Correct. The, it, about eight or nine. It actually was more than that this year. There was twenty states where it was active. Now it didn't pass. It hadn't passed anywhere yet in twenty twenty three. We're hoping to be hitting a couple of more states in the next few weeks. To be honest with you, if you, you got to thirty four, do you know the process after that? Yeah. What happens is Congress shall—that's a legal term—and I am a lawyer. Yes, sir. Uh, call the convention. So the convention, then the states then select their delegates. And this is where Louisiana is already ahead of the game. In fact, Louisiana in 2018 did a, um, a what we call a commissioner selection resolution. We defined in a resolution by the legislature how Louisiana will pick, select, authorize, instruct, and supervise the commissioners or delegates who will go to this convention. How many delegates would each state in get? Louisiana, well, it's up to each state. That's okay. the beauty of this. Each state gets to do it the way they want. But so, in other words, we want to send 50 people, 30 people, 20 people. We can send what we want to. Well, the magic number in the Louisiana resolution is five. Okay. Two of whom shall not be sitting members of the legislature and may not be so members. you're putting of... my name on there. No, yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. You and me, we'll go. We'll go. Um, they can't be members of Congress. They can't even be contractors with the federal government, and they can't be statewide okay. elected officials. Why? Just because I'm curious, and I'm, I'm going to take it because you need some people with some sense and people that understand how Congress works a little bit. Is that why you pick three legislators? Well, they, they can be legislators. They don't they have, don't to, have be to be legislators. But the legislature is going to choose who goes. So I would they're want... going to pick three at least. And, and they should. No John O'Leary at all, right? No, <laughs> he's, he's gone. No Bell Edwards. I mean, no. we, don't want, we don't No Jay Dard, please. Alario <laughs> fought us in 2015. He sent us to a kill, bit, to a, to a kill committee. Oh, God. We, we informed National of that. The next thing we knew, well, Mark Levin was on the national radio show lambasting John Alario. So it was... Uh, you know, I, I've heard interesting. this uh, talk show. His name Moon Graffon challenged Mr. Alario a few times. I heard that. <laughs> Only a few times, though, not many. <laughs> so if you move forward, so let's say, by the grace of God, the end of the year, we had 34. How long does it take to have the convention, number one? Number two, if you if you have a, a, a constitution, I'm calling it a constitutional convention, is that but correct? No, that's not correct. It's only an amendments convention. Amendment, okay. When you have an amendments convention, any amendment can come up? No. Only the things that are within the call, that is, the three things that are in the Convention of States Resolution, okay. and any further instructions that the Louisiana legislature may want to impose on our particular delegates or the other states as well, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, whatever particular instructions they might want to do. In fact, when they had conventions of states back in the 17 and 1800s, that's what the states would do, the legislatures would do. They would instruct their, their commissioners, you can do this and you can't do that. And in fact, in 2018, when the commissioner's selection resolution was being debated on the floor of the House, that's some of the things that they talked about. 
some of the some of the Democrat legislators were saying we should not touch the 14th, 15th, and 16th amendments, the post-Civil War uh, uh, amendments that ended slavery, enabled voting. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to touch all that. We don't want to touch the Second Amendment. We don't want to touch the First Amendment. Any of those things should not be touched. The legislature can give instructions. Okay. Dale Clary's his name, Convention of States. Uh, you've been doing this for a while, haven't you? Yes. Okay. I'm a volunteer, though. I'm not, I'm not playing devil's advocate. I'm looking at big picture. Every state, especially ours, they have sucked up, excuse my French, on that federal money. We're almost to the point to where we could be D.C. too. I'm using us as an example. Every state takes federal money. Right. And what bothers me, though, they take so much that the first thing they're going to say is, uh, I had Liz Murrow on that. Well, they were trying to get some money to help this. And what about that? And we need the federal government. Well, the federal government would shut down the printing press. One day they're going to have to because nobody's going to buy a debt. Then we we got we got big big problems. The states don't have the printing press. If our state would realize that we ought to talk brag about how much federal money we don't get, we would be better off in doing something like you're talking about doing. Right. And I and I, I, I know that sounds devil's advocate, but I'm saying you got some of these states, and we're one of them that really really beg the federal government to keep sending federal money, and we think we can't live unless we get federal money, and that's not true, by the way. And that's part of the conversation that we'll be having with legislators, and it'll be had at the convention, at the amendments convention, because we can't keep going like this. Uh, uh, there's a book by, uh, uh, oh, God, it's called The Debt Bomb, by a senator who was a, a big supporter of Convention of States, and that's, that's what it's all about, is that someday this debt bomb is going to blow up. Oh, it's going to blow up bad, and we're going to be hurt more than anybody. And, and that's going to be the problem. So we've got to deal with it now, instead of waiting for 10, 15 years. Yeah, another reason I bring it up. We got 40 to 45 percent of people on Medicaid, which is absolutely ludicrous. A governor ought to be bragging how many people he got off Medicaid. They're bragging how many people they got on Medicaid. Right. And uh, you deal with that. You deal with the. Uh, we just got so much federal money coming in. Now, these guys are getting ready to go spend it at the legislature, every single penny, and raise the debt ceiling so they can, or the, the spending ceiling so they can spend more. And it's coming from the federal government. And Dale, by the way, that is not the throw cold water right. on what you're doing. No, no, no. I'm telling you what you're battling with in the United in the Louisiana, because I've been doing it for 30 years, right. and I can't convince people that what we're doing is not the right direction. Well, and what it means is our legislators, bless their hearts, and I'm, I've learned to know a lot of them, and I respect a lot of them. These are people that are good folks. They have homes. They have families. They have jobs. They talk to people in their communities. But what it means is if you continue to suck off that federal money, you're complicit in the debt bomb that's going to blow up on all of us, and it's our money. At the end of the day, it's only taxpayer money right now. It's not even our money. It's our kids and our grandkids' yeah, money. Yeah, grandkids and grandkids. Right. Yeah, and, <laughs> Somebody and made on. a good point. 936,000 people received federally financed food stamps. When you got so much going on like that, then somebody says, well, we don't want to get away from the federal government. We need to get away from right. the federal government. All right. His name is Dale Clary, Convention of the States. We'll come back and do another segment with him. 844-766-6607. It is a Matthew James Tax and Wealth Management Hotline. We'll be right back. When you think about how you spend your money in retirement, what comes to mind? Probably travel, sunny beaches, and spoiling your grandchildren? But a recent survey found that over 30% of every dollar a retiree spends goes to taxes. 
Baby boomers were told for years to save money in their IRAs and 401ks and pay taxes later. Well, now that day has arrived, and boomers are shocked to see a third of their money going back to Uncle Sam. John Blanchett and the Matthew James Financial Group can help. What if you could? Protect all or most of your retirement wealth from future tax rate increases. Achieve a zero or near zero effective tax rate for most of your retirement years. Find out more. 337-366-8366. Isn't it time you got a second opinion on your wealth and retirement outlook? Learn how you could potentially kick the IRS out of your IRA. 337-366-8366 and online at Matthew-James.com. Thinking of selling your property? Don't. Magnolia Land Management offers property planning with peace of mind. We partner with landowners in Louisiana to help them maximize the potential income that can be generated from their real estate. We have more than 60 years of combined experience in land management to assist families with agriculture contracts, deer and duck leasing, timber harvesting, and more. There's always the potential for generated income in a piece of land, and we help landowners maximize this. Give Magnolia Land Management a call at 337-329-6742. Line One is a business telecom provider. Line One specializes in cloud-based communication with superior customer service. If you're frustrated with phone bills you can't understand, endless hold time to customer support, and phone system that is not meeting your needs, then you need to go to Line.One and schedule a free consultation to advance your business phone system. Line One, technology with a human touch. Go to line.one and tell him Moon sent you. Again, that is line.one. James Lo- Welcome back, Moon Graffon Show. Great to have you with us on the road. We're uh, in Baton Rouge with our friends with 107.3 FM. We've been here several times now. I want to appreciate, uh, appreciate them, Brian Haldine and the gang, and uh, for, for giving us opportunity. And, and, of course, you can check us out on Facebook, wherever you watch Brian on Facebook. We're sitting there with Guaranteed Broadcasting. So uh, talk 107.3 FM. I'm saying slash Facebook. That might be right, but I bet you can, I bet you can find it like that. Uh, Dale Clary, nice enough to come in, Convention of the States. Okay. So tell me, what are y'all doing now? What's the movement now? What are you pushing out? Because y'all did get it passed in Louisiana. Yes, we got the Convention of States resolution passed in 2016. We got the Commissioner's Selection uh, resolution passed in 2018. But we're staying engaged with the legislature. Um, We've got over 35,000 people in just Louisiana who have signed the Convention of States petition. And when they go... Now, what does that petition do? That petition just says to their legislators, excuse me, I support the Convention of States resolution. But you already got it passed. That's what I'm asking. But we've got to keep it in play because... There are some states, including Louisiana a few decades ago, have passed precision resolutions on Article 5 uh, resolutions. In fact, I believe it's Illinois just recently rescinded all of their Article 5 resolutions. Okay. So we have to keep in, keep in touch with our legislators in order to be able to talk with them if a rescission uh, effort comes. We have not seen one coming here. I doubt one's going to come, but we're not going to sit on our laurels. Well, so what we're doing is we're staying engaged with self-governing legislation, legislation that will be consistent with self-governance principles that guide the Convention of States uh, movement. For example, in the last couple of years, we've supported election integrity uh, legislation. Uh, like Miguez's uh, Zuckerbuck's bill, we've supported a couple hey, of You know, that's, that, that's a shame. That thing got to the governor's desk and got vetoed. Twice. Yep. Well, I thought last year the Senate killed it. 
That's right. Cor- right. Page Cortez killed that bill. He would yeah. not run it, and I think that was part of the deal that Cortez, right. I call him Blank Page. Blank Page made a deal with the governor that uh, if we'll, we'll, the governor didn't want to veto during the veto session. He didn't veto, uh, I call it the little boys going to play with the little girls in, in, in sports and bathroom. <laughs> That's what I call it. But anyway, he vetoed it, but the deal was, hey, Blank, no more bills. I need you to kill these bills. And one of them was Zuckerberg. And Zuckerberg bill was, was a the, great, great it. bill. I blame Edwards and, and, and Blank Page on that. Well, and Miguez, I believe, has filed it. He was going to file it in for this session again. So I'm sure we'll be looking at that one as one of them. In fact, we got so involved in election integrity stuff that I ended up serving on the Voting System Commission for a year uh, where we were, gave some recommendations to the Secretary of State about the next voting systems to be used in Louisiana. So we, we've been active in that. We've also been active in... Are you happy with the... The voting that takes place in Louisiana, not to go into any other detail, pretty much. Yes and no. Okay. I, 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 ladies and gentlemen, I got a lawyer now. Now <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with you because I, I, I wanted to know because you said you were involved. There are some things that we do well. There are some things we don't do well. So you think there are some adjustments we need to make without going absolutely. into detail? Yeah, a- okay. a- absolutely. I think there are some things that need to be done. That, that's think, just my personal opinion. But do you opinion. think that's something that's ongoing no matter what? Because you're always trying to improve or, or watch for problems in a voting area. I, I think because I mean nobody's complaining about I got cheated in voting is is my point that I make. Well, but how do you know? That's 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 because the challenge. nobody's complained yet. That's just the challenge. <laughs> and 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 it, we're kind of getting a little far afield here because that's no. Not, that's but you not, mentioned it, so I brought it up. I, and I and I appreciate that. And I am actively involved in election integrity stuff. Okay, we only got two or three minutes okay. left. Uh, if you want people to get involved with you and help you with this, what can that general public do to help you? Easy. Go to conventionofstates.com, conventionofstates.com, sign the petition in Louisiana. It doesn't cost anything. Nobody's going to show up at your door. If you want to volunteer, we've got plenty of spots we need volunteers to be helping with. We're going to be at the Capitol at the legislative session on April 11 for Advocacy Day. We're going to have three or four tables set up. We'll probably have a few dozen people there greeting legislators, handing out cookies, and uh, something within the campaign uh, limits. <laughs> and uh, so we'll be, we'll be active in the legislature again this session. Well, no, that's good. I, I, I encourage people to go get involved in the legislature. And uh, uh, don't, please don't push for the pay raises. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and actually, it, when the convention is over, when the amendment process is done, what we're doing is building an army of self-governing citizens. That's the long-term goal of Convention of States. It's, it's a shame it's such a fight, but I, I will say it again. The fighting would be as hard if states like Louisiana wouldn't take so much federal money. And it's you know ch- what? Now, there are some things that you have to take money on, and I get it. Uh, there's some highways and byways the federal government put up, uh, ports, some things like that. I know you're going to have to have some help to do that. But generally speaking, uh, Louisiana has to do more for themselves. You know, and uh, 20, 25% of our people on food stamps, I'll tell you about the Medicaid. Right. I mean, we've just set ourselves up for failure in the long run. We need to, uh, and then our migration problem. You know, that kind of hurts as well. Uh, anyway, if people go to your website and get involved. Can that help with other states, any way to help other states to move forward? Absolutely, because we've got a network across the country of convention of states. Um, we're active in all, almost all 50 states. Like I said, we had legislation That's in 20 great. states this year. Great. So it's a, it's a very tightly uh, wound group, and we, we stay in regular touch with the national. Yeah, and I will think, since we already passed it here, you want to stay in front of it. 
but boy, getting these other states to come along. You, you're 15 states short. They're coming. They're coming. Uh, COVID killed two legislative years, 20 and 21. No legislators wanted to look at that. I don't mean just here in Louisiana, but I mean across the country. Now look at Wyoming, South Dakota, Iowa, North Carolina, right. Virginia. We were one vote away in Montana. I'm saying one that's... Vote. That's that's about five or six more that ought to already be on the list. Yeah. Idaho, my, my, Nevada, absolutely. Yeah. We'll get them. Yeah. We'll get them. Ohio, Michigan. Anyway. We'll get Great to talk Thank to you, you my brother. God bless. All right, Thank we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Moon Graffon Show. We'll be right back. More to come. That's Stein, and that's one of those great Louisiana companies. All you have to do is go to steinhome.com, steinhome.com, and check out their big sale they have going on now. They have the brochure on the website for you to go check out, but they got everything on the website. They got special financing for 12 months as well. So if you're looking for a big deal, you're one of those people that are looking for something in the garden area, lawnmowers or flowers or things of that nature, you need to go to steinhome.com. Wow, they got all the big names waiting on you. Better brands right here at Stein. So check them out at steinhome.com. They got a 2023 outdoor power equipment catalog, a new 16-page catalog available in all the stores now. Steinhome.com, steinhome.com. Listen to me. Pick up your orders curbside. They got drive-through lumberyard. Stein is that great Louisiana company I've been bragging about for many, many years. And you can order online and go pick it up. Choose the better bucket. Our friends at Stein, steinhome.com, steinhome.com. Folks, my friends at Schumacher Homes are committed to making the custom home building process as enjoyable and hassle-free as possible. They recently took home Gold, the National Association of Home Builders, for best virtual sales experience from their website. Hey, that means it was easy. People liked it, and they loved what they got into. Provides homeowners with the opportunity to customize their dream home, all from the conference of their current home. How about that for service? Plus, it even features an online floor plan finder to help you find a perfect match for your needs. SchumacherHomes.com. SchumacherHomes.com. Go to the website. Website account area is free, and it's a great way to start exploring building your custom home. They're going to build it from start to finish. They're going to walk with you every step of the way. SchumacherHomes.com. SchumacherHomes.com. If you want a custom home and you want it built right and you want to be proud of it, you owe it to yourself to go to SchumacherHomes.com, SchumacherHomes.com. I promise you, when you go there, it's going to be an experience like no other. SchumacherHomes.com. Let them build that custom home for you. We've got the most. This hour of the Moon Graffon Show is brought to you by Matthew James Tax and Wealth Management. Online at MatthewJames.com. Well, welcome back. Moon Graffon Show on the Road, Talk 107.3 FM is where we broadcast today in Baton Rouge. And I uh, appreciate you joining the program. 844-766-6607 is the number if you'd like to be part of the program. It's uh, Also, you can check us out on Facebook at Talk 107.3 slash Facebook. And uh, you can see my ugly mug. I hope it don't scare you. All the gray's gone. At least it's funny when I get a haircut, I see Maddie. 
I'm especially need daughter, and I always say, hey, Maddie, look, baby, Daddy cut his head. Look, I got to cut all the gray out. And uh, she said, Daddy, you need to go back. <laughs> Maddie told me that day, well, she missed Daddy because I see a lot of gray, and I thought, oh, God, Miss Maddie, oh, Miss Sassy. But she's got to throw it back in my face. But anyway, uh, Scott McKay's going to join us, too. He wrote a little bit about the, the Mississippi River Bridge, and, and uh it was kind of a, a little bit of shot at uh, Sean Pothole Wilson and the fact that they they really hadn't even come up with a they really hadn't even come up with a a name on a, where they're gonna put the bridge at and they said they're down to three destinations and by this year and next year they're gonna come up with it. They only been working on the where the bridge would go. I don't know what. 482 years. I mean, it's been so long. They've been working on a bridge, and they can't come up with a place to put it. So let's see if they put up with a place. And he even questions where they're talking about putting it at. So uh, anyway, we'll, we'll deal with Scott when we when we get back in the last segment of the second hour of the program today. Uh, I was also looking. I thought Jeff Sato, if you want to see a good piece, now he's at the Hayrod. He puts out his own stuff dealing with the pay raises. Because I, I will tell you, folks, they're not going to have a problem passing themselves a pay raise. The reason I look at the big picture, okay, they're giving teachers pay raise, they're giving school personnel pay raise, they're giving plenty of money to education, they're giving, they got so much money, they're going to spread it out to everybody. So when everybody's getting a few more dollars in their pocket, they sure ain't going to complain about the legislature putting some in their pocket. I remember Edwin Edwards, they used to say, ah, Edwin Edwards, he might be a crook, but he's our crook, and if he's helping me, I don't really care if he gets a little bit. I mean, people told me that. The whole time Evers was an off. Yeah, I know he is, and he might be making a little bit of money. But uh, as, you know, as long as we're getting what we need to get, I, I, don't, I don't really care what he takes. And I just always thought, what an attitude that sucks, for lack of better words. And uh, so anyway, Sato has a piece out there. And, and, and I'm telling y'all, it's imp- I, I'm going to try to get him on. Let's not turn state legislators into full-time employees. Now, I want to grab a couple things. There's basically three main states that have full-time paid legislators, okay? California, Illinois, and New York. What those three states also have some of the biggest out-migration problems in the state. They're some of the most poorly run states in the country by far. They got major debt. I mean, they're Looney Tunes. They really are. Now, we're Looney Tunes somewhat, too. And, and what's sad about it is these people, uh, why do we want to act like them? They also have major out-migration. If you look at the three or four states at the top of the food chain for out-migration, guess what? California, New York, Illinois are in the major out-migration. We are really number two in our migration compared to New York. Now, their legislators in California, New York, and Illinois, and this is part of the article, their full-time jobs range from seventy to $120,000 before per diem has been one of the worst performing, worst performers economically that among the leaders in per capita population loss are the best performers in per capita population of Texas, Florida, and Tennessee. So let's make a comparison. It's a shame we really don't want to be like... Uh, Texas and Tennessee and Florida for the right reasons. We'd rather be like California, Illinois, and New York for the wrong reasons. I I don't understand that. So let me just take, so if we all agree that Texas, Florida, and Tennessee 
which, by the way, none of them have income tax. If all three of these people, if all three of these states, okay, when you look at them, are the best states, then you would think they're paying their legislators the highest of all, right? But they're not. Tennessee, Texas, and Florida, their legislators make between 7000 and 30000 before per diem. Seven Here's another thing. Texas only meets every other year. Now, if these states are doing so well and they don't have a migration problem and they don't have a problem with uh, jobs and businesses and building their states and they don't, you would think the success came because they have full-time paid legis legislative uh, officials, and they don't. Texas, they meet every other year. They can't make a case for me to give them more money. But this, the reason they're giving everybody else more money and they're going to come around and say we balanced the budget and we did this is because you won't care if they give themselves a pay raise. I think the time it's horrible. They're already talking about budget deficits in the next year or two. But I want you to remember, Illinois, New York, California, all migrating states, businesses and people are leaving. They have full-time legislators. They make between seventy and one hundred twenty thousand. The pay raise bill will get them at get our legislators at sixty thousand a year before per diem and gas and mileage and all that stuff that goes with it. Not to mention the benefit they have on their businesses. A lot of these people and the free meals and everything else they get, and their campaign account where they can buy just about anything and call it a campaign expense. But Texas and Tennessee and, and, and uh, Florida have the lowest paid elected officials, yet they're doing great. So when you start reading and seeing that these people start saying, well, we got to get better people and things of that nature, no, we don't. They just need to do a better job. Okay. He, he wraps up with this. If the idea is to improve the quality of legislative policy, spending more money on strengthening institutional resources like staff and research would produce a far greater return than enticing people to run for office so they can capture a salary facilitating the unmooring of them for the lives of their constituents. Legislators should route this horrible bill in its present form to defeat. That is Jeff Saddle. And Jeff does a great job. But he, but he brings up the fact that these other states that are doing very well, they don't have these high salaries, seven to $30,000. I'm all for the legislature making the same amount of money meeting every other year. Okay? That way you don't have to go to a session in a special session. You did your job in one year. The next year, you just answer your constituents. You answer to them, people that want to talk to you. Now, Philip DeVillier, who I got a lot of respect for, let me say it up front. Now, Philip's not going to hear this. Philip's going to be mad at me when I get finished with this. They always do, but they're not going to hear the rest of the story. I got a lot of respect for him. Philip has proposed getting rid of the income tax by going back and taxing food and medicine. He's a Republican. It's, it's out now. He wants to tax food and medicine. Now, there's really not a state, many states, hardly any states, that tax food and medicine we ought to never this is what they tried to pull years ago they said hey we're going to tax food and medicine and we only going to do it for two years and then two years came up they did it again they did it again that went on for 17 18 years and that led to the steli bill 
was the Stelly bill was get rid of that and increase the income tax. And if you, I'm all for getting rid of the income taxes, but I got to tell you, all folks, the necessities of life is food and medicine and things of that nature. And Philip, I love Philip to death. I think Philip is a real conservative. But Philip, really, dude, you need to back off of this. Okay, I know you want to get rid of the income taxes. And like I said, I'm being nice. But the food and utility thing, that was a temporary tax that went 17, 18 years that turned into an income tax for people like me and middle class and middle class workers. And I'm just telling you, Philip, if it was me, I would take that and run with it. Get the heck away from it. Don't touch that. Don't tax food utilities. Because I'm going to tell you something. It's something that I pay, you pay, poor people pay, rich people. Everybody pays for that. You don't want to tax the food they eat and the utilities they need to heat their homes and cool their homes. And I'm telling you, and I like Philip. I know Philip. I've talked to Philip. I'm not trying not to get on it too hard right now, but I'm just telling you, Philip, I would take that off the table today. I don't care if we want to get rid of the income tax, not at that expense. Besides, if you're just spreading out taxes and you keep it the same amount of money, you admit we don't have a spending problem. Let's take a break. We're going to hear from Scott McKay. Just a few minutes dealing with Baton Rouge, the bridge, and things of that nature. You're listening to the Moon Graffon Show. You know that Acadiana Security Plus is the best local choice for commercial security. But did you also know they are ranked nationally as a top 100 integrator? Acadiana Security Plus is your one-step technology partner, offering integrated intrusion and access control, state-of-the-art cameras with video verification, and mass notification. Their app gives you control from anywhere, so your business is always safe and secure. Call Acadiana Security Plus today at 839-1880. That's 839-1880, or visit getaspnow.com. Hey, folks, don't do pain, do you? What am I talking about? The joint chiropractic. It's unlike anything you've experienced. No appointments are necessary. Just walk in. Open evenings and weekends. No insurance hassles. Just affordable chiropractic care. Right now, you can take advantage of their new patient special for only $29, which includes consultation, exam, and adjustment. That's a $45 value. Find location of you by visiting thejoint.com. That's thejoint.com. Have you heard about stockapond.com? Are you looking to get in a private bass and brim fishing lease? Or maybe fish stocking for your private lake or pond? Then Shepherd's Acadiana Fish Hatchery has what you are looking for in business for over 30 years. Shepherd's Acadiana Fish Hatchery offers the best private fishing lease and fish for stocking lakes and ponds in Louisiana. You can visit that website at stockapond.com. That's stockapond.com. Don't forget it, stockapond.com. Oh, Shucks, you've been hearing me brag about Shucks. been going there for many, many years. Shucks does a great job. If you like seafood, you got to go to Shucks in Abbeville. I'm telling you right now, there's shrimp, there's oysters, there's fish, all fresh every day right off the boat. So if you want something fresh and you want fresh seafood, you got to go to Shucks. Don't forget, if you're having a party, call Shucks. Let them cater the event for you, or you can go pick it up. Shucks, they're waiting on you. If you want a great time and you want great food, you got to go to Shucks in Abbeville. Shucks, oh, they're good. John Wayne praise John.
Oh, welcome back. Moon Graffon Show on the road. We want to thank our good friends at Talk 107.3 FM, our good friends at uh, Guarantee Broadcast, and Brian and them were kind enough to set us up and let us come into town. We come in here a lot, hope to come a lot more, and we want to thank those guys. We're on Facebook. You can check us out, 107.3 FM. You can say how young I am. At, I'm 82. <laughs> There's a reason to say 82. Well, I look good for 82. Look, she's laughing because she knows I look good for 82. We're going to leave it right there. All right, we're joined by Scott McKay with the Hayride. And, uh, Scott, first of all, good morning, sir. Hey, how are you? Uh, I'm doing fine. Don't you think I look good for 82? Um, yeah, yeah. For 82, I think you do. You're remarkably well-preserved, man. <laughs> all right, Scott, let me get you to something more serious. <laughs> That's what I can do for you. I'm sorry. What? You might laugh at the, we might laugh more with the next subject. Uh, I was laughing. You wrote a you wrote an article and uh, it was a little bit to do with Pothole Wilson and when he got in the race. And but you were talking about the bridge and and another bridge and they can't name another site for the bridge, but they might name a site for the bridge. And I got to laughing at it. I said because they've been talking about a bridge for four hundred thirty two years and they got the sites narrowed down to three now. And then you said, well, the one they want might not be the best one. So tell us what the, what's in the article about this. Well, like, okay, I, the the site of the bridge itself is not that bad a problem. The problem is, is like, what you're building is a bridge to nowhere because uh, the point of building a new bridge is to get the 18 wheelers out of downtown Baton Rouge as you know they they as they travel I-10. Um, but the thing to understand about those 18 wheelers is if they're coming west to east. Um, which is, you know, kind of how they get to downtown Baton Rouge in the, in rush hour traffic and so forth. It, you know, they're going to places, uh, that you would take I-12 to get to, right? They're gonna, they're gonna pick up I-55 to go north, or they're gonna pick up I-59 to go north, or they're going to Mobile or Pensacola, or they're going to, you know, Tallahassee or Jacksonville or something. You know, they're not taking I-10 to New Orleans. And so if you build a bridge south of downtown Baton Rouge, you have got to have an interstate quality highway that connects, you know, not just to I-10, but all the way to I-12 as part of what would basically be a southern loop around Baton Rouge. Other than that, you will not stop those 18-wheelers from driving through downtown Baton Rouge. And despite anything that DOTD says, those 18 wheelers are the source of the traffic problems that you have on I-10 because you've, what you've done is you've got, you've got them driving through I-10, uh, and then you've, you've concentrated all the state employees in those office buildings downtown, right? They used to be spread around Baton Rouge and now you've concentrated them over the last, what, 20 years or so as you're trying to make downtown Baton Rouge a thing. Uh, and so all of those people are getting out of, off of work at the same time, uh, and filling up the road along with the 18 wheelers because they're all going to Ascension and Livingston Parish where they live. Um, and so all of that is what makes the traffic bad. And the best way to get rid of it is to move the 18 wheelers, which there's no plan to do. So why would you spend a billion and a half dollars on this new bridge 
that you're now going to have a toll on it, which is going to reduce the traffic on the thing even even more. Um, essentially, what that bridge is for is to help people who live in Prairieville and work at Dow Chemical in Plaquemine. That's basically what we're going to spend a billion and a half for. But that doesn't fix the problem. And now you mentioned the I-10 and, and 12 split. Now, there's got to be, and you said you would have to build, it looked like to me you'd have to add more interstate to get to the place you need to be. Where should, do you have a preference in bridge? Now, I know this is kind of funny because somebody says this, somebody says that. Is there a better plan that you think's better? If what you're saying is right and it's about the, about the trucks, what is a better plan? Well, there's a 25-year-old idea that has never been acted on, uh, and it's kind of inexplicable. And and you already have the existing roadways to make this work, which is, you know, I like in half the time, if you're driving, say, from Baton Rouge to Lafayette, uh, you know, Google Maps will tell you to take the old bridge because it's quicker, all right? Um, so, you know, there, there is what you could do and what has been proposed and never acted on is you turn the four, 415, which is the, the, uh, Lobdell exit on the West Bank, turn 415 into an interstate quality road, upgrade the highway 190, you know, old bridge. And then you've got 190 and 61, uh, which is airline highway that will ultimately catch I-12. Uh, at essentially Hammond Air Shopping Mall, all right? Um, and what you could do is is build, you know, build that into almost like a northern loop, probably for less money than you would spend on the new bridge south of Baton Rouge, and then you route all the trucks onto that roadway. And at the time this was proposed, there were a bunch of businesses on along Airline Highway north of, say, Florida Boulevard in Baton Rouge, and they didn't want to turn that into like an elevated roadway or any of that. Well, guess what? A lot of those businesses are gone now, and that whole area is blighted. So you probably help the economy of that part of town by having an interstate with a service road kind of like the West Bank Expressway. You would bring traffic to the road, and therefore you would have businesses all along that service road that would be able to get clientele. Yeah, let me let me ask you, Scott McKay with the Hayride, let me ask you a question, and I think it's an important question. All these years of trying to figure out whether the, the bridge was supposed to be built. How much of this is money by some people, big players, major players that want to sell land or anything like that. Is any of that play into this? Because normally when you got a fight like this and where to put it, so-and-so going to make a bunch of money if you go over here, but so-and-so is going to make a bunch of money if you go over here. And money becomes a big thing. It, am I right by, about this or is on my way off that, on that's, this? I mean, no, that's always a thing. It's not just a Louisiana thing. That's an everywhere thing, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, land and infrastructure and land ownership and infrastructure are always, and, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and, you know, point fingers, this guy owns this land and, and has that, you know, that stroke. I'm not even going to do that. But you know that's a part of this. Um, and, and it might even be an acceptable part of it because that's just the way of the world. The problem is, is that what, what's being proposed doesn't work. 
Okay, this would have been something worth spending a billion and a half on, you know, 25 years ago when most of Northern Ascension Parish was forested and you could, you know, cut a swath through it so that you could make a southern loop. Now you can't do that without cutting through neighborhoods that have half million dollar houses in them. Um, like I like in other words, it's like too late to do this, and I don't know how you can fix it, other than you know it's going to cost way more than a billion and a half dollars to make that southern bridge worth building in the first place. Because unless you can get back on the I twelve on the east side of town from that bridge, it's going to be it, you know, it'll be just like the bridge far to the north of Baton Rouge. Uh, that goes from like St. Francisville to New Roads that nobody ever takes. You could fall asleep on that roadway and not get run over. Yeah, I, Scott McKay, my special guest. Scott, it seems to me we're no far. I'm just guessing. I used to live here, uh, you know, forty some years ago. It seems like to me we're no farther along getting the bridge than we were twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years ago. And it seems like to me we missed the boat on this. Is that comment too strong? Or you think there's still a no. possibility this would get done? I don't no, see it I mean, ever happening in my lifetime. How about that? Well, I, I'll put it to you this way. If, say, the next governor decided that he was going to throw all of his political capital into this, you could get it done. But, you know, the, the problem is, is that, like, because it's so you're so late to the game, I mean, yeah, okay, you need another bridge, but, like, you need an entire roadway system in Baton Rouge that works that you don't have. Um, and, and so, I mean, like, in other words, they've completely screwed up the infrastructure of this, uh, this entire capital area over the last three decades. And digging out of it probably doesn't cost you a billion and a half. It costs you $12 billion. You know, I think because the money... you have to build an entire loop system around Baton Rouge through populated areas. Yeah, I got to go. Scott McKay, we'll do it again soon. God bless. Thank you. We'll take a break. You're listening to the Moon Graffon Show, and thank you for the Facebook. Show that's not immune to facts, the Dan Bongino Show, and here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL.